Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Welcome, welcome everyone to Blood and Mud, the podcast that is upset at what somebody said about his drive over the weekend. Oh, did somebody besmirch your drive? Well, listen to this. Somebody <laughs> comes to my house and they say, drive looks better, doesn't it? I said, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, fantastic stuff. It's looking all, you know, level and all that. Mm. They then say, so what are you having put on top of it? <sighs> like it's half a job. I said, whoa, whoa. I said, that is Cotswold self-binding gravel, which I fought long and fucking hard. You don't know what you went through to get of. that. And uh, yeah, and the person who was with him then got quite embarrassed. Go, oh, it's binding, it's self binding. You know, just that. I was like, <laughs> I found it piss funny. But yeah, can you I imagine? Mean, I mean, the amount of hours I put into that drive, and they think somebody's going to come and pour some tarmac on top of it. They don't understand the sacrifices that you made. You know, this you is know? like you know, this is why sometimes I want the pandemic to win. Do you know what I mean? Because you get people <laughs> coming around disrespecting you on that level <laughs> and your work. It's like self-binding gravel is a, you know, we've, it's, it's an old, you know, it's a, a respected form of, of well, never mind. driving. That's my fucking cover. empire out there, yeah. that gravel. I tell you, <laughs> lived it. Honestly, the cheek, the absolute nerve. Anyway, so I've banned them now. They're not coming around again. Rightly so. so um, right too. I'm Lee. Hello. And right. uh, over there is. I'm Josh. 
I haven't done anything tomorrow. I'll tell you what, though, actually, in drive news. Oh, um, oh, how are the weeds? Not good, mate. Not good. You mean not good? It didn't I work mean, or they've just come didn't back? didn't work at all. <laughs> I mean, it looked like they'd killed them for a bit, uh, but now they're just back as good as ever. Well, I did read up on that spray of, what is it, vinegar and Epsom salt, and, and it does kill them, but it doesn't go to the root. It just kills what's above ground, oh, see? I see. I need things that I'm going to have to get some fucking Roundup and just... You have to get some Roundup and risk cancer. I mean, you know, one in two chances, those adverts on the telly are always telling me, so, you know, what's a little bit of Roundup between a 50-50 chance? I've got a meadow in the back. Mm. Uh, well, I've let a bit go to meadow, but it's been overtaken by thistles. Ugh, the Scottish Sea. Can't be trusted. Mm. So anyway, so... I thought, I don't mind having a few thistles because obviously apparently certain birds like the seeds and all that. Absolutely, yep. But I thought I'm going to have to kill them, but I can't just spray them because they're in the middle of my lovely meadow and they'll kill loads of other stuff. Mm. So I had to get that Roundup gel. Have you seen that? No. It's like a roll-on. You know those like cream deodorants that you click and you yes. rub? Like that, yes. but obviously don't rub that on your <laughs> underarms. It'll be a bad idea. <laughs> but it comes out as like a blue gel and you go and you touch it on a leaf and then just leave it and it sucks it in and kills the fucker. Jesus. So I spent probably about an hour bent over, walking to these fucking numerous thistles, touching and rubbing, sweat pouring off my head as I was mm. doing it. I thought, give it seven days. That was 11 days ago. I've now got gone? an entire meadow of thistles with one brown leaf on them. <laughs> because the Scottish thistle laughs in the face, the face. of such things. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, ultimately, I've sort of accepted that there's a good chance that the weeds are going to win. But I, I feel like I've got to do something. You've you got know? to get a Ghostbusters thing on your back, proper sprayer. Yeah. Get stuck into it with that and do it, unfortunately, every four weeks. See, I didn't sign up for this. It's the worst thing about gardening. It's never mm. done. This is what I've this discovered. Is the, this is the thing I didn't realise and this is the thing that I did not sign up for. I wouldn't, you know, I was under the impression that, you know, you just did this sort of once or twice a year. No. No, especially not at this point in the year. It's relentless. It takes the, it, basically your garden is taking the piss out of you at this point. <laughs> it's fucking taking the piss out of every tiny bit of effort you put into it. Yeah. So, uh, other than that, the week, did you, apart from getting pissed off about your weeds, did you, did you manage to clock your dad's uh, punto with a private number plate this weekend for Father's Day? I uh, did actually, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, we had a conversation. He's talking about buying another Jag, and wants to put the, the number plate on it. At which point, I sort of just stopped paying attention. My dad came round for mm. once not to shovel anything or to help me with DIY. <laughs> I I've, mean, that is a. I, I think that's the first him. time you've. Even... I thought he was due a bit of feeding. Yeah, you know. fair enough. But yeah, it was nice. He was all right. He lives, he lives down the road. I see him relatively regularly. Fair enough. Yeah, that was all right. So I hope everybody else had a good Father's Day. If you're a father's day, if you're a father out there, or indeed saw your father, or both, which is what I did. The kids, uh, I didn't really do anything yesterday. It was great. Had a big meal cooked for me. I mean, that's, that's not bad, is it? Not for bad a at weekend. all. Yeah, not bad at all. Does like do do does Rachel get you like a card from the cat on Father's Day? <laughs> you got that kind of thing going on. No, we discussed this right about like <laughs> you know. People who from your get fur babies, fathers, yeah, or, or equally people who have Father's Day cards from children that haven't arrived yet. 
I got a big I've got a big old problem with that. That is <laughs> Yeah. This century, man. Honestly. Honestly, honestly it's, it's really hard to be a sort of tolerant person in a world where people are getting Father's Day cards from bumps. It's like I mean, I understand when the child has arrived, you know, even if it's a baby. You know, it's mm. as a symbolic gesture. Yeah, and especially if you're first baby, you're very yeah, excited. Exactly. exactly. Casey, my, my daughter is like, where's all the photos of me? And were you the second <laughs> child? Sorry. <laughs> they really <laughs> worn off by this number two. Let's face it. We gave my son about 14 pints of Calpol in his first six months. We gave <laughs> Katie like none. Because <laughs> at that point, you, you figured it all out. But yeah, but babies haven't even arrived. It's what I, I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but Jesus Christ, it's a bit much, isn't it? Well, I suppose, but, you know, what the society has moved on. All of my friends, even friends of, like, my age, you've had the kids quite late, mm. are taking photos of their, their wife in the delivery room and immediately sharing it. Yeah, what When my fuck? kids were born in, the early, in 2000, 2001 and three and stuff, that wasn't here. Yeah, in 2004, actually. <laughs> so that wasn't here. did not exist. So that didn't, and, and nobody, you know, the culture wasn't that you got a camera out, well, not normally. Immediately. In the room. Yeah. Well, and you certainly didn't put it on the internet. Absolutely not, no. Imagine how long it would take you to upload it for a start back yeah. then. But um, first, first things first, right? I don't care how attractive your baby is. That I don't want to see it when it's still covered in its it's still covered in vernix. miasma. And... <laughs> yeah, the vernix. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't need to see that. And honestly, have those photos for yourself. Brilliant. Lovely. I'll take a nice photo of the baby a couple of days later once everybody's had a chance to chill out. But I don't need to see it instantly. I'm all right. Natalie had a very long labour with our first paddy. It probably lasted about two and a half. Well, just a very long latent period, as some of them call it, where there's a lot of pain mm. and not much happening. So she hadn't slept for about two and a half days. So by the time the bugger arrived, mm. she was like, she, she basically collapsed asleep and didn't wake up for about three hours. And I was just you can blame like, her, frankly. Him. But I know for a fact that if I'd pulled a camera phone out at that point, she'd have summoned the energy to throat <laughs> punch me extremely hard before she yeah. fell asleep. You know how they sort of do that thing where, like, you know, mothers can suddenly they, become Superman strength, you know, in the right circles. And that, that would have been that so exactly that scenario, yeah, except to do throat punching. Upon yeah. Me. Yeah. <laughs> and quite right, too. Quite actually. right, too. I would have, I don't, I obviously, I'm completely against intimate terrorism and domestic violence, but I think you have to say fair dues in that scenario. <laughs> <laughs> there are times where you've been asking for it, and I think that's probably <laughs> it. Being, Fucking yeah. ridiculous now. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry. So, uh, uh, happy Father's Day, everyone. Happy Father's Day, everybody. <laughs> um, if you, well, yeah. So, anyway, I'm Lee. Uh, it's getting in touch with me at Blood and Mud on Twitter and Lee at Blood and Lee at Blood and dot com on female on theme either. And uh, Josh, about you uh, at Josh Gardner uh, at Rock underscore Mag. Uh, that's about it. Okay, we're on ACAS, we're on Apple, we're on Patreon, we're on patreon.com. Blood and Mud, where you can come along and become a member. Thank you to everybody that's joined recently. The £2 tier is £2 a month, where you will get extra all of our back catalogue of extra stuff. You'll get extra Lions stuff, including a preview of the first Lions match, which is this Saturday. Fucking hell, that's Fucking come around quick, fire, isn't it? Honestly. Do you know, you know what's happening? Like, because we had all of the, like... 
endless, endless hype, I sort of felt like once, like it would just be even more drawn out by the time once after the squad was like, once things actually started happening. Mm. But no, now that things are actually happening, it's quite. Did you see that clip of Dan Bigger doing that kick from the most obscenely tight angle <laughs> you've ever right seen? Splitted. Yeah. That is what you call splitting the, the well, uprights right there. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm not sure that was his first go at it, but well, still. It doesn't matter how many times. I Good. could have three million tries. Yeah, it, literally 110 goes. And <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, so there's, we got we'll have a this Thursday we're doing an apple we're doing an apple fucking hell I'm reading my notes all wrong here we'll have a lions we'll preview some apples as well if you want yeah, we will. mostly we'll preview the lions we've also got on Friday reminders everybody reminders we've got the Dodmaster for my name's yeah, five foundation taskmaster thing yes um, Friday night it's going to be Indeed. broadcast live live on internet yeah. Uh, and there'll be links. Look at the Scottish Rugby podcast blog podcast for links. Also, we'll share it and all that stuff. And we're also trying to raise money for charity. And I, if I, I'm raising money, so can everyone please give money to my charity account, <laughs> which is pinned on there because uh, that's one of our that's one of our tasks, which is not secret. That's the one that isn't secret. And I want to win it, and obviously have more <laughs> money for Doddy. So, and you haven't sort of tried to canvas. Any professional rugby players or Hollywood stars? No, I have not. Can I just to, say I've not played? Uh, yeah. I've just simply a couple of times retweeted it out to the you know the ordinary yeah, people of this world. Just relying on the, the kindness of ordinary folk instead Indeed. of swinging for the fences at these rich Hollywood stars and rugby superstars, you know. Indeed. So we got that Friday. Um, we'll, but before that, you will get if you're a patron a Lions thing on Thursday. Indeed. If you're a £2 patient, you get all the back catalogue. It's £20 for the year. If you want to pay a year up front, you can also do that. You can pay in your own local currency. And a reminder to everybody that basically when you join, you get a private RSS, which you can add to your usual podcast player mm. bracket, unless it's Spotify, because they're bastards. Close bracket. <laughs> yeah, fuck Spotify. Yeah, they don't want to do. They're not a podcast player. They don't. They don't want to. They want to give. Don't want to give you anything that they haven't curated themselves, basically. Mm-hmm. So, uh, also, yeah. just a really bad company. Look so, it up. Uh, yeah, I keep yeah. paying them though. Oh, no. All my playlists are in there now. Is oh, it like? No. Is it easy to migrate, Josh? Tell me. Is it easy? Uh, to it migrate is. There is, a, there is a, an app that you can get that will take your playlist in one streaming service and will then automatically transpose it over to another streaming service. I've used it a couple of times. It's pretty good. I also don't like the black on green colour scheme. Yeah, I, I hate that. It's quite upsetting. Mm. Something about black. Well, black and green sort of it, it almost is sort of a danger thing, isn't it? it? Is it? You know? Well, yeah, it doesn't yeah. feel right. You know how, like, the sort of primordially we're, we're wired to see yellow and black as sort of bad? Like wasps and Cause shit. Because wasps, yeah. Yeah. I almost feel like it's the same with, like, black and green, like that well, particular noticed- shade of green. I don't like it. I don't like and it most of the cartoons done by the Branch Synclidians are black and green. Have you noticed that? Oh, yeah. If that's you click true. through yeah, to Sinclair's yeah, yeah, cult. Yeah. Scenario. Mm. Uh, anyway, something in that. Anyway, so there's that, or there's the five pound tier for the VIP mm. Alley Brew Lounge, which you can join, pay a bit more, and we'll have a go at doing a player bio. First of all, this this week we only got the one. First of all, apologies to Tony McNeil, who did actually uh, join a couple of weeks ago, or and I forgot, or didn't see it, or something. Anyway, you reminded me, which is always a good thing to do. So I've got Tony McNeil. Thank you, Tony. I've got Tony McNeil. Dungannon and Ulster flanker Tony played seven times for Ireland in the 90s, 
when he was seventh choice on the flank for Ireland in the 90s. So get some idea of the level of quality <laughs> that Tony displayed as a flank of the 90s. Top, quality. However, he did, because it was the 90s, he was still working. He worked as a lawyer mm. and he actually he wrote, or at least he says, he crafted a f- number of paragraphs of the Belfast Agreement because he was part of the legal team that pulled that exactly. together. Um, he claims, Tony claims, he inserted Rob Andrew is a bastard in one particularly arcane passage. Well, I mean, show me the lie there. Well, he says that it proves to this day that no one's read that whole agreement because nobody's <laughs> pointed it out, Tony says. So if you believe, Tony, somewhere in the Belfast agreement is uh, Rob Andrew is a bastard. Thank Pro- you, Tony. Prove us wrong. Prove, prove Tony wrong. Yeah. Go and read it. You'd mm. have to read it to prove us wrong, therefore... <laughs> So that's the VIP. So come along if you want to join. It's blood and patreon.com slash blood and mud where you can come and come up to the turnstile, chuck your money on the counter and say, let us in that special place with you lot. And there is literally a kind of special digital place now because we've got the private FB group. We have indeed. Super, your... super private. Still people trying to get in there without, without it's a very knowing the, se- the, se- the special secret answer to the super secret question. Yeah, it's like trying to get into any nightclub in trainers 25 no, years ago. It's just not, not going to happen. not going to happen. And how much you plead with the bouncer. Mm. Have you watched, speaking of bouncers, have you watched Liverpool Narcos? I can't say I have, no. On Sky, the new Sky I, documentary. I saw... I mean, is is it? I mean, I can tell what it's about. It's like... well, episode one looks at the rise of the heroin trade in Liverpool. Episode two, okay. ecstasy, and episode three, cocaine, and it basically looks at you know how it, Liverpool became quite a hub for all this stuff. Okay, but that sounds interesting. Yes, it is. But you know, like Narcos is quite you know frightening stuff. I, <laughs> yeah. I can't work. I can't work out if it's intentionally or unintentionally funny. Oh yeah. I think they're trying to walk a line that doesn't quite work in some ways. It's interesting, though. It's worth a watch. So I won't say anything more. Yeah, I mean, have they have they pulled anybody apart by sort of tying them to motorbikes and then driving oh, no. off in different directions, like no, in Narcos, like Mexico? Pacho in, in, Nar- in Narcos. <laughs> because that's the bar. That is the bar. Yeah. There's none of that, no. <laughs> no. Not really. But it was, you forget, in the 90s in Liverpool, it was all that basically shootings of bouncers all the time because they kind of controlled the drug trade trading ah, and stuff, okay. so it became a turf war. Yeah. And I've all that watching, stuff. I've been watching completely different speed. Oh, yeah. I've been watching the... Uh, seen that Laurel Canyon documentary on Sky? Yeah, I think I watched it many moons ago. Yeah. It's a one-off good. documentary, is it? Yeah, it's two-parter. Right. With... Uh, I think it's done like... By it's it's clearly done by somebody's record label because there's a lot of original music and stuff in there that you wouldn't get in. But it's very good, very interesting. I think it won an Emmy last year. For... That, was, that tells me nothing. No, I mean, most things do, don't they? Um, but yeah, very interesting. Yeah, uh, the, the Crime of the Century on Sky is very good about the uh, American opioids epidemic. Oh, yeah, I've watched Alec, that. Alex yeah. Gibney won two parts. Mm. Horrific. Yeah. Have you noticed how basically most of the most of the places that are horrendously addicted to opioids look very much like um, they're on the valley? Yes, I have noticed that. Do you know it's that? Almost, it's and almost that's not to do like, it down. What I mean is, it's a post no. in, little post-industrial town with not much left when the industry yeah. gets ripped. Yeah, out basically the local factory closes, and then all of a sudden everybody is taking oxycontin. Yeah, because <laughs> they've all been signed off work with a back. Yeah, a load of men in it. Oh, it's horrendous yeah. though. 
it's it's understand. yeah. Gen- I, I've never been more. Well, I've I've rarely been more pissed off than uh, <laughs> just the sort of the sheer brass neck of some Big of the senators Pharma. in particular. Oh, oh. Oh, I so see you brought just... your Monday mo- Monday afternoon attitude today to this hearing, have you? <laughs> to a DEA agent who's trying to blow the whistle on it all. Anyway, so yes. the other thing I watched as well on, on Amazon is the new Alex Ferguson documentary that's done by his Oh, son. I still haven't watched that. Very, very good. Found out a lot of stuff about Ferguson. I didn't really know. Okay, I watched the um, the Sky one, the United one, that was basically just Eric Cantona talking sort of poetically about <laughs> stuff. It's well worth a watch. Well yeah, I think it's probably a lot better than that United documentary, which is a bit meh. Anyway, um, anyway. so there you go. If you need to fill your time, because there's nothing else to watch. It's not like there's a Lions tour and an international no, football tour no. going on right now. Speaking of that, while we're recording, Wales is... Well, Wales are already through, but the group that decides who Wales play next is it's, currently well, it's playing. playing out, yeah. And it's been... We're 20 minutes in. Is there any score? No, there isn't. I don't know what that is. So let's wait. <laughs> I think they'll probably end up playing Denmark. Is my is is my uh, guess. We'll find out later on. Mm. So, um, shall we begin as we always begin, Josh? With a we better, we better add, yeah. yeah, yeah. Robert Giannotti gets in touch to offer this. Robert, to be frank, sounds like a sort of minor character in The Sopranos, and I'm sure he gets that a lot. But he does, he does any Italian you know, name, yeah. I am um, actually Bob Bobby Giannotti. Yeah, come on. He's a capo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? He's one of those capos that appears in it for about three or four episodes, and then just sort of. Or one of Johnny gets... Sachs' million minions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's 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 not like a main capo. He's sort of just like one of the guys that sort of. He's a good earner. He's on yeah. the side, but he's you know he's never going to make it into the sort of main because he's just not really interesting. I've not watched The Sopranos for ages. Me My mum watches it, and I'm not even joking, on a loop. <laughs> she fucking That's loves amazing. it. That's amazing. Honestly, she basically, I mean, she'll watch other stuff, but when she's stuck for something to watch, she just watches The Sopranos again. I mean, you can see why it is superlatively excellent television. But I do think I would struggle to sort of, it's also quite emotionally draining television at times. Yes, it is. I don't, I don't know if I'd want to sort of, if I'd finish it and then go, oh, I really want to start that again. Is there, a, is there a television series that you have watched over and over again? Um, me and my wife have watched The American Office. Yeah, I've done that at, at least three just times. Just an unbelievable amount of times. I've dread to think how many times we've watched it. I think it. it's mainly because the kids loved it as well. So it's something we could all watch together when the kids yeah. were at that like it's extreme, and it's ex- age. It's extremely like low tariff of paying attention yeah. to still enjoying it sort of ratio. short episodes as well short, yeah 20 minutes episodes good with tea good with tea you know <laughs> it's uh i've watched breaking bad about three times oh really i thought i only watched that once and i was definitely done with it then i, I rarely watch things multiple times i've watched the thick of it i think about four times i've actually watched the thick of it a few times yeah and That's i've watched i remember I think I've watched Mad Men like one and a half times. I think I've done that at least twice mm. and then dipped in and out a bit. Anyway. Anyway. Bob, that's Bobby Giannotti. Yes. Sorry, who gets, Bobby. Who gets the, um, who got four no-show jobs on a building site in a, <laughs> in the Sopranos once. Um, he says, I have loads of annual leave that I have to use up before the end of June. 
Mm. Well, I hope you get to use it up. Uh, Robert, 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 what do they call him then? I'm just going all in for this <laughs> Italian thing. Um, he said, so my dad and I are playing golf every Friday. Well, isn't that nice? That is nice. Any time with your dad. He said, last week we were at Cottrell Park just outside Cardiff. Oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. He said, there's a long drive that winds through the course as you go in, and I spotted a group on a tee box. I don't know what a tee box is. Is that a, just a tee? Is that, yeah, is that the sort of slightly raised thing, what you the stand is on, on to do? Right. Yeah. I've played golf loads, but I've never heard that term. See, I want. To, I feel like I need to get into golf. You ever played golf in any Bits meaningful and way? I've, I used to enjoy going on the driving range quite a bit. But, yeah, I just feel like I could, it's... I'm at the age now where I think all my friends are starting to play golf. I'm like, oh, should I? Me and Natalie are toying with the idea of playing golf because I hate walking. Mm-hmm. And I could tolerate walking if it's around golf <laughs> and she likes to go for a walk. So we're, we're having to do with that mm. at some point whenever we get out of this fucking house. Well, anyway, I... um, he said, anyway, so I'm on a tee box. It's, I, there's a group on a tee box, one of whom looks very tall and was wearing a bright orange shirt. I went in and met my dad for a sandwich before our tea time, and as I returned to the car to unpack, either side of my 2007 Honda were two much smarter Range Rovers, which were being packed up. To my right was Cardiff scrum half Lloyd Williams, yeah. who gave me a nod and said, all right, mate. And on the other <laughs> side was Gareth Anscombe. Oh. Then yelling at them to hurry up before their post-round pints were Rory Thornton in said orange shirt. Oof. And um, everybody's favourite uh, motorway service station named player, Kirby Myhill. I mean, Rory Thornton's just really confirmed some things I believed about him <laughs> without any basis what? by wearing what? a bright orange shirt to play golf. <laughs> I wore a bright, I wore a green shirt and bright orange trousers I bought from Sports Direct on my mate Stag do <laughs> once, but that was for comedy effects. So we could have been doing that. He could have been. He could have been. Um, anyway, Kirby Myhill was there sporting a mullet so outstanding and offensive he'd fit right in at Exeter. <laughs> he said there was no interaction to speak of, but it was nice to know that Anscombe's knee can hold up for 18 holes of golf. I was going to say, if nothing else, it shows that his, his, his knee is capable of sort of, I guess, twisting. Unless he's golf. doing like Tiger Woods was in that USPGA that time where he kept uh, hitting the ball and then cr- bending over in pain. <laughs> Still won the tournament, though. If I mean, if he was, psychopath that I mean, he is. I really hope he wasn't because fuck yes, it. It's a lot of twisting in the knee joint in the golf there is swing. A lot isn't of there? twisting in the knee joint. So maybe he was just driving the car and they took him. Maybe, maybe because they didn't want to have him left out. He's basically caddying. Yeah. So thank you, uh, Bobby Giannotti, for that. Indeed, and you must hate this. You must get this yeah. all the time. All I mean, Robert, the time. I'm sorry. Thank you yeah. very much, Robert, for that. I imagine, to be honest, I mean, golf courses in the wider Cardiff area must be Honestly, rich, rich scene. I think we might have to disqualify anyone on a golf course. Remember, when we had to start Cardiff disqualifying area? spottings at Bridgend MacArthur Glen because it was yes. just it was yes. just fish in a barrel. And just and brackets in Bath anywhere. <laughs> yes, anywhere yeah. a Leamington Spa. Sorry, not interested. <laughs> yes, anyone in Leamington Spa. <laughs> Oh, anyway. Anyway, thank you very much for that, Robert. Anybody else want to get in touch, you can do it at Blood and Mud on the DMs or LeahBloodandMud.com or, of course, on the Patreon messaging service if you are one of those mm-hmm. lovely people. Uh, do you want to do the correspondence now or do you want to do news now? Should we do news oh, first? Should we do news now, yeah. Let's do news. Um, so, uh, 
obvious Corey Hill has been chucked out of the Wales squad. That's news. Weird news. Really weird news. Bolts from the blue, as they say. Yeah. So basically, it seems like he has been touted by either an English or a Japanese or a French club. Um, and he's interested. <laughs> and so the Wales squad of, well, when Pivak's gone, we'll get the fuck out of my squad then because I can't have you. Um, interesting. Real shame, isn't it? You're talking like somebody in their prime. Yeah. Arguably possible future captain. Yeah, he's, he's you know, he's captained Wales in the past. He's been touted as a future, you know. Part he's of the 20, leadership group. Yeah, he's 29, you know, and he's not played a lot of test rugby, so... I didn't you know, know he's that old. He's older than you think. Yeah. But like, and that sort of makes it more understandable because, you know, he, that Cardiff Blues deal that he signed last year was probably his first big contract, inverted commas, big. And then, you know, three months into it, he's asked to take, well, before he even fucking gets into the room, actually, <laughs> he's asked to take a 25% pay cut. And if you're 22, that's all right. But like when you're 29, he's never making that 20, you know, he's never making up that 25% of his pay cut that he's lost back in appearances for the national team or anything mm. like that. And so he's sort of gone, well, <laughs> if somebody's going to offer me a fuckload of money in England or in France or in Japan or wherever, I kind of have to take it. And I, you know, it's a real shame. 500 but... grand a year in Japan is what's being said. <laughs> Jesus, I mean, <laughs> I reckon that's probably the, paper talk. To be fair, yeah, but it if, probably is paper talk. But Jesus Christ, if it is, then no, nobody's offering Corey Hill a million, half a million quid a year anywhere else. That's like Dan Carter money. Yeah, well, that's the thing. This is the thing. It, well, it was Dan Carter money about five or six years ago, maybe ten years yeah, ago now. True, yeah. I think that's, that's probably just very, very good international lock money now. But I still don't think Corey Hill's getting off of that sort of money in. Europe, to say the least. So, yeah, you know, it's a real shame and it's a problem for Wales because now Wales' lock options go Alan Wynne-Jones, Adam Beard, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and then a lot of players with big old fucking question marks next to their names, Um, which is weird when you think that, you know, for the last couple of years that hasn't been, you know, you've had... Alan Wynne Jones, Jake Ball, Adam Beard, and Corey Hill as like four absolutely dependable, yeah, yeah, rock solid lock options if people get injured. Now, you know, we're looking at, ooh. Are you into converting Seb Davis at this point? (laughs) Converting him back. I mean, the fact that they've called up 28-year-old Matthew Screech shows where we are. That name will never not be funny. No. But, you know, the locks in the squad for the summer tour are Adam Beard, Will Rowlands, Matthew Screech, and Ben Carter, who, to be fair, looks very good. It's a Manchester word for being on the piss, that, by the way. <laughs> what? What, the Matthew Screech? Yeah, I was out on the or Screech. Yeah. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> Which is why um, it makes me giggle. Yeah, but it's, it's... Yeah, bad times, man. Really bad times. Concerning times for back row, Wales back row, well, Wales type five forwards going forward, I think. But it's a reflection of where the game is at at the moment. You know, all these players who took 25% pay cuts last year 
you know, are going to look... You know, and have been going... locked in the house, don't that less, less we forget. Yeah, and I've made a lot of sacrifices to continue to play professional rugby over the last year, uh, are probably within their rights to go... You know, when yeah, am I going to make the that? Is, when am I going to make that twenty-five percent pay cut back? If I'm a sort of older player, does it become an increasing level of pointlessness on the sixty cap rule? You know, yeah. If people are going to go and earn money, and you're going to be weakened as a result of it, why yeah, would you? It's yeah, it's 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 awkward. Let's face it. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Because if you look at, I know it's a different sport, but you look at the Wales football team mm. that are currently, you know, that have done all right. How many of their team play in Wales? No. I mean, it's helpful that two of the main teams in Wales play in the English league. That yeah. helps them to, to keep it in. And maybe that's maybe you keep coming back to that point about the Anglo-Welsh league. The trouble is there's yeah. no point in keep shouting for something that, that's never that going to one, happen. One side is absolutely no interest you know, in making it happen, yeah. I'd like no. to marry Maya Jammer. I, yeah. I can shout about it as much as I like, but it's not yeah, going to happen. It's definitely not going to happen. No. But like, yeah, I don't know. I think it, it it could be a worrying portent of things to come for for Wales if they don't start. Investing. To be fair to them, it is a it's a tightrope that you're having to walk. Oh, big star! As a smaller rugby nation like this, isn't it? It sounds ridiculous because Wales are a big rugby nation, but they're not really. There's not a lot of money. Not, There's not no. a lot, not a lot of people. Playing it, that um, you know that again. Go back to football. Ellis James. Did you watch the Ellis James documentary about football? Yeah. Which you know, there's five times as many association football clubs as there are rugby football clubs in Wales. Yeah, you know, and there's not it, many people live here. Full stop. So it's you're pulling from a relatively small population of a relatively small population. Yeah, it's it's the sort of convenient like thing that. Rugby as well as his national sport, but that's only true of the international game. Mm. You know, the club game has always been relatively small and quite locally sort of provincial and minor, and they've never had big crowds and never had sort of outside of places like Cardiff and Swansea. They weren't pulling in more than a couple of thousand every week, if that. And yeah, the game has never been really financially viable in Wales at a club level. That's kind of why so many players went and played for London Welsh or went to Rugby League in the amateur days. Speaking of um, uh, leagues, last week we didn't we didn't talk about. I can't remember, but it, it had been announced by then or not. Mm. The the Irk. Oh yes, it hadn't been announced. I think it was announced just after. It was the day after, wasn't it? Or maybe a I can't remember. Days but after. it didn't come up on you know. Yes. Ultimate, I keep wanting to call it Ultimate <laughs> Rugby Championship, like it's in the fucking. In the octagon. Yeah. <laughs> no, United Rugby Championship, which is a shit name. But I can't believe that they, they've they had all this time to think about what they're going to call it. And don't get me wrong, Pro 16 is a shit name. Pro mm. 14 was a shit name. It was always a shit name. I'm not sure that URC is any better. Also, there's already something called Rugby Championship in rugby, which just makes it really confusing. And that was a terrible name as well. Yeah. I suppose okay. it's correct. You can say yeah. that about it, can't you? It is a United Rugby Championship, I guess. But um, It would be a hell of a lot better if they just got a title sponsor. So I'm right to understand that that is the end of Super Rugby as we have known it. 
Uh, yes, no more South African teams in Super Rugby ever again. It seems like, um, but they are they are still committed to uh, to the to the Rugby Championship. God, see, this is why it's confusing. <laughs> but not this, the ultimate one, just this, the ordinary yeah. one. This, I think, we should just call it the Ultimate Rugby Championship now. <laughs> Fuck it, why not? Do it, yeah. Um, so they're still committed to the old Rugby Championship until at least twenty thirty. Which Jesus is a long Christ, time. That is a long old contract they've signed there, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's a binding contract, but they did say last year that they were committed to the current format until 2030, which means that people like Stuart Barnes sort of saying that South Africa are going to be imminent in the Six Nations are probably talking out of their arse. Also, I think that there's no real appetite in South Africa to abandon the rivalries between the All Blacks in South Africa and the All Blacks in Australia. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> as much as as much as people in Europe like to think that the Six Nations is the best thing since sliced bread, you know, people in South Africa care a hell of a lot more about playing the All Blacks than they do about any other shit. So yeah. But it's you know, it's an interesting I like everything about the format except the name. To be honest, yeah, and I like the the comms they've done on it so far. It's yeah. pretty good. They seem to be pepping it up a bit. He says, sounding very old, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I like that. You know, there's sort of smaller national conferences, but then a you know an overall ladder in a sort of NFL style to kind of allow greater. You know, so it can't just be dominated by one nation in the way that you know the Pro Fourteen conference system has ended up being mm. you know i'm sure plenty of people have got problems with that from a sort of competitive balance point of view but like yeah i suppose what you can't say you can't say they're not trying can yeah you? exactly if they're trying something different and it's better than the pro 14 format which was fucking shit and let's not forget you know if you can have legendary names that are relatively new if you know what i mean but these are some pretty big south african names coming in this is not the yeah the southern kings you know and the the, no this is it's not the residue or the yeah this is the fucking the runoff from anything else this is the proper sharks and the stormers you know these are proper fucking heavyweights (laughs) i mean the result on saturday afternoon notwithstanding (laughs) you know yeah, but I mean, you know, these these are proper. Ge- Geo Aplon ain't going to be playing in that next year, <laughs> is he? Like he was Saturday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I do think that there's a definite, you know, they're not fucking about. Those teams are going to be full of Springboks. The way that the schedule works um, means that there's going to be a hell of a lot more opportunity for proper squads to play each other, which is good. You know, I just think it's it's all right. Yeah. And, you know, let's be honest, these South African teams have had a tough time because they've had to play South, you know, yeah. New Zealand teams for a long time. They were one of, they were relic licking their lips at the idea of coming, <laughs> handing people a new one every week rather than having yeah. to... what? So I don't have to play the Crusaders twice a year. I get to go and play Zebra. Brilliant. <laughs> I get to play Connacht. Sign me it's up. Dead. Yeah. Like, yeah, so yeah. I think it can't do anybody any... I'm assuming they've, you know, they've, they can sell into a... The problem with the way it was before is that how do you make it an attractive television proposition in South Africa when it's the Southern Kings ver- mm. versus yes, Dragons? But when, no, when the Southern Kings literally couldn't get more than a couple of hundred people to turn up to their fucking ground anyway. 
so sure yeah. shit don't care no internationals in <laughs> the team etc no. etc whereas this is a yeah so i'm looking forward to seeing it and well i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing bad thing probably but premier sports have got the rights to it yeah although i noticed that they've said that they've got they they haven't said anything about exclusivity they just said they're showing all of the games I think I hope it's, it's not seemed... exclusive because the fucking top is going to come off Jiffy's head. <laughs> From what everything everyone's been saying, there's going to be some games on a lot. Well, a, fa- a fair chunk of games on free to air on BBC or on. I'd say what, right? You can laugh as much as you want, but we can take the piss, or you can go, you can sniff at it. But actually, imagine BBC Two on a Friday night, and it's the fucking Bulls versus Leinster. Yeah, you'd watch that. You'd watch that, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's um, I do think that like that is kind of the lesson from this Premier Sports experiment is that like going behind a paywall only works if people care, <laughs> and nobody cares about we, the program. as we've discovered with this podcast. Indeed, <laughs> <laughs> the people but who have like, cared enough to come behind a paywall are the greatest people on earth. Absolutely. And I'm sure, I wish that Premier Sports felt as strongly about their subscribers. Jiffy's been as we private messaging me demanding to know our subscription numbers. <laughs> um, but yeah, it you know, undoubtedly as a minority sport, a minority league within a minority sport, you know, the Pro 14 Ultimate Rugby Championship, whatever the fuck it is, you know, it the Ultimate Rugby to... 14. That's, what we, should, that's yeah. what we should have called it. <laughs> um. They needed to get some visibility again and make people care about it. And maybe this will work, maybe it won't. You know, they've tried a lot of stuff before that hasn't worked, but the, it couldn't carry on being the same thing. Whatever you know? the product they had was fucking uh, it was, it was uh, putrid, wasn't it? Or becoming increasingly so, to be honest. Yeah, so there was a mo- there was a moment when it was a Pro Twelve. And no offense to anybody in it, they would do. No. You know, there were some good teams in there who were honestly doing the job. It just. It wasn't pulling in the people they wanted it to, was it? Certainly since it became the Pro 14, I feel like it was a really hard league to root for because it was just a mess. And uh, I, yeah. even as a fan of one of the teams and in it, plenty I found of good it very games in there, care. plenty of good rugby in there. That's not what we're saying. It's just. Uh, no, but an awful lot of dross and an awful lot of stuff that was just quite hard to follow or care about or be enthused about. And a structure that nobody ever really seemed to really like or get to grips with, whereas this one at least is quite simple. And they expanded into a market where they had two teams where the people in that market couldn't give a shit didn't about them. Didn't even care about them. Yeah. But I suppose you could say this, what we've got now, would never have happened without that, I guess. It was a No, it was a, a necessary it was a necessary stepping stone, but you know, we'll never get back those you know, playing in front of empty stadiums in South Africa. In Nelson blazing, Mandela Bay. In, yeah, in in 35 degree heat in... Was the Nelson fucking, Mandela Stadium? I can't yeah. remember, it was one of them. Yeah, February games in 35 degree heat in front of 20 people at Nelson Mandela Bay Stadium or wherever. Who's that ringing me? Someone ringing you now. You know what, it's an 0131. Suspected oh, spam caller, that's not Yeah, that's got a spam caller written all over it, isn't it? I don't have a landline anymore now. Do you not? And I don't mean oh, as welcome. in as in I don't have because I've not had a phone for like an actual landline phone for a while. Mm. But I literally have nothing to plug it into anymore. That's great though. So I don't so I don't have to have the the absolute fucking terror of my landline ringing 
and go, what the, what the fuck is that? You know, yeah, I've gone have. full fiber, so I don't nice. have anything to plug a, an, an old analog telephone into anymore. So do you still get charged your line rental? Yeah, because you... you've got to pay for the, oh, the line, the fucking fiber it's... line they've run to me house. Absolutely fucking prick. But you can plug a proper mesh hub directly into the little into the modem they put on your wall. Wow. That's Great exciting. stuff. I'm, I'm tempted to go down the full fiber route. Extra 20 quid a month. It's fuck all, isn't it? I mean, we've got save, to give a good service to these good people who I'll pay I'll save that podcast. by cancelling my Premier Sports subscription. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 350, well, it's 500 meg I've got, but I'm getting Oof, about three, minimum speed, 350. You want to see what when I upload the podcast now? It looks like in a film, you know, they upload stuff in a film and it goes, oh, yeah. dead quick. <laughs> it does that. It's like, whoa. Can you hack stuff by just typing things randomly into a computer? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like war games. Yes, yeah, turned play your computer. Play tic-tac-toe incredibly fast until it all sorts itself out. It's turned your computer into that Angelina Jolie film. Was it The Net or was it Hackers? Which was the one with Angelina Jolie in, That's in the 90s? one when she was very young. Yes. Matthew Lillard's in it. She's in it. Yes. Johnny Lee Miller's in it. Oh, he? the net. So actually, the net is the one with Sandra Bullock. Um, and uh, yeah. Never mind all good. that. I'm anyway. wondering if with this power of the internet, I could create Kelly LeBrock like in Weird Science. Can I do that? <laughs> it's worth a go. It's got to be worth it. a go, hasn't it? It is worth a go, surely. Anyway, should we do some more news? Yeah, go. Uh, Leicester have signed uh, Juan Pablo Sosino from uh, Saracens and Bryce Hegarty from the Queensland Reds, uh, continuing their total root and branch. Let's get rid of anybody that was here pre-Steve Borthwick <laughs> approach to building a rugby club. I mean, two good players. Hard to feel like they're not going to be dramatically better next year than they were even this year. Yeah, I like Sosino. Nice player. He's a good player. I've not seen Hegarty much, I'll be honest. Hold my hands up. He's been decent for the Reds this season. Um, speaking of Leicester, actually, Tom Youngs, of course, has been sent to the naughty step for his uh, part in the end of game shenanigans that went on um, where he basically <laughs> just called Ian Tempest a fucking something or other several <laughs> times. <laughs> he called. He said... Uh, he said he wasn't strong enough uh, to give a penalty try at the end. Uh, another junk call. My voicemail. He's left a, oh. a, a fucking the android has left a voicemail. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the ringer off. There you go. Um, I thought, have you seen? He's been banned for two games, hmm. but um, one of them is suspended, provided that he does his refereeing badges and then referees two junior games. Which means, so that he can, in the words of the thing, so that he can better understand the uh, difficulties and struggles of being a referee. Which, I mean, is. When they tell him to fuck off, what's he going to say? <laughs> exactly. It's, it just feels extremely petty on behalf of the sighting person, but yeah. I'm, here for, I'm here for more petty punishments. Let's do that. And I also hear the fact that despite Steve Borthwick going, he's fucking cheated, he's a fucking cheat. <laughs> He's uh, a liar. It, he's a liar. He's, yeah, he's got away. Somehow, Steve Borthwick has completely got away with that. And Pat Lamb's got away with everything. Um, and the only person to get punished is Tom Young's, which, I mean, sure, why not? The uh, 
As as Steve Borthwick at any point said that the entire system is flawed and that there wasn't enough player consultation in deciding whether the ref should be told to fuck off. I mean, and whether not he should yet. be banned for that. Mm. No. Oh no. well, I thought maybe <laughs> that's weird because yeah, you know he seems like a nice bloke as well, Steve Borthwick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously totally it's just it's a thing that nice blokes do, isn't it? Just yeah, to... speaking of nice blokes, mm. uh, Anthony Gelanche is your new uh, France captain in the absence of Charles Olivon, uh, which is good because we can say Anthony Gelanche more often. <laughs> and we don't even care. That's right. We're just no. going to say it. Tell you what, Anthony Gelanche doesn't look like a rugby player. No. Like in his face, he looks far too kindly and Does nice. he look less like a rugby player than Vincent Rattes does? Because Vincent Rattes looks like... He's sort of exactly the same. Looks like a pickaxe made out of chopsticks. <laughs> he sort of looks exactly the same. He's got a tiny little sort of little round head with nice kindly soft eyes. <laughs> and you just think, you mate are not a hard, double hard flanker in the top 14. And yet he is. I've literally turned this off. Why is it still ringing? <laughs> this is where we find out that this is BT ringing you to tell you that <laughs> yes. you, you haven't actually got, got full ring volume. It's Piss all off. been, it's all a hoax. Sandra Bullock is in your computer right now, hacking your shit. Right, there you go. Sorted it. Christ almighty. <laughs> what are we talking about? Anthony Jelanche's uh, eyes. Jelanche. <laughs> yeah, kindly eyes. Doesn't look like a nasty flanker. Someone who hasn't got kindly eyes. Mm-hmm. Is Brody Retallick, who's back in the All Black squad, because they needed some more good players. Let's face it. Speaking of squads, um, mm. Manu Tuolangi is in the England squad. Because <laughs> if you're Eddie Jones, there's no better sort of giant oven-ready distraction to get the heat off your terrible recent record, <laughs> attitude, and general behaviour than the words Manu Tuolangi in England. He's thirty now, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> He's had a lot of fucking injuries. I'm sure he'll do a job I'm against sure the USA and Canada, but I'm uh, sure he will carve it up. But like, honestly, are we still in the thing where Manu is, is seen as the answer? I guess we are. We think so honest. when he's when he's called up to the uh, Lions halfway through the tour. Well, this is the thing. He's played three games of competitive rugby in the last year. And he should have been sent off. One I was going to say, he shouldn't have completed one of them. So, like, but apparently that's straight back into England squad's form. I don't know. I just find it weird. But, you know. Any more news? Um, No, I think that's it, really. Yeah, it's not a lot of sort of big news this week, aside from the URC. Everybody's signing somebody. Yeah, you've got a lot of signing news, haven't you? Yeah. One thing I haven't done, we haven't done this year because mm. I think we forgot is you know is there's always next year. We need yeah, to have a look at that. We'll I mean, obviously there, there, there hasn't been a lot. There hasn't been a lot of community rugby this That's year, true. is there? So then <laughs> I think it might be there always next year for everyone. Yes, and I mean you'd have a job fine having a worse season than Arjen, so. Yeah, that's what prompted me to remember because I saw <laughs> I was like, oh, we've not done there's yeah. always next year like with Arjen, yeah. yeah. So that's the news. Uh, at this point, our non-patrons will be leaving us. Indeed. Goodbye. We've got some correspondence coming up and we've got the weekend coming up and then we'll be back for Ooh, shit yeah. good. Uh, so see you soon, non-patrons. Bye. Bye. 
This year, Leaving Certificate students have new choices via the CAO. Whether you're going straight into the world of work or exploring routes to third level, further education and training and apprenticeships offer you flexible, hands-on learning opportunities. The future is full of possibilities. Whatever your ambition, further education and training and apprenticeships can help take you there. Your future is what you make it. Learn more at cao.ie forward slash options. This is an initiative of the Government of Ireland. The unmissable Sky Black Friday sale has arrived. Get Sky Q with the TV you love all in one place. And lightning fast broadband with our best ever Wi-Fi all around your home. Plus, choose from Sky Sports or Sky Cinema. All for just €60 a month for 12 months with no setup fees. Don't miss out this Black Friday. Just search Sky Black Friday. New customers only. Availability subject to location. Minimum terms and further terms apply. For more info, see sky.ie slash speeds. Offer ends December 9th. And we welcome back our non-patron listeners to the shit good segment. Hi. Oh, yeah. Good stuff back there. Missed it all. Indeed. Shit, Josh, what have you got? Uh, Refs are just ignoring World Rugby's own high tackle framework now, apparently. Well, you know, we got an inside word that this was coming, didn't we? (laughs) It did. Like, whether it was all four of New Zealand's most senior refs choosing to ignore the most obvious red card of the season in the Super Rugby Trans-Tasman final. <laughs> or, I don't know, Wayne Barnes and his TMO seemingly having to catch a train and just going... At the end of the Quinns game. <laughs> yeah. And just go, well, lads, we've got a, we've got a train at five, so uh, I'm just going to ignore the, the head directly into Ciali Piatow's face at the end of the game and just let it happen. It's not been a great weekend for players. Got to show empathy, haven't you, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> Got to what? show empathy for the man that fucking flies in from 40 metres out and smashes someone in the face with his shoulder. Coaches, when they say that, always never want empathy to go the other way, do they? Yeah. I've said this before, where basically when you've played rugby, here's some empathy, right? I know for a fact he was trying to clack him one there because <laughs> we've all played rugby. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I'm not saying in that one, but I mean, you, know, you can have other things. I think it was like mistimed or whatever, but it was his technique was too high. He caught him on the chin. That's a yeah. penalty, at it least. Doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if it started on his shoulder. It ended up with his face being smushed into his shoulder. Now, that is under the own framework that World Rugby put out You know, during the Six Nations, which is not that long ago. That is, at best, mitigating a red card down to a yellow. Hmm. At best. And probably not at all, because one of the things you're supposed to ignore mitigation for is if there was a clear line of sight and plenty of opportunity to change your angle or your height, which he had fucking the entire field because there was only 13 men on the fucking field for Bristol and the entire <laughs> space of the field because he was literally on his he own did in the backfield. everything that the, the, the protocols are trying to tell you not to do. Now, some people are sort of saying, well, obviously behaviour's not changing mm. and it won't change. Actually... We said this last week when it was being brought in at the under-18s to the RFU about the armpit high tackle. I think people, a lot of people are underestimating how long it takes to change behaviour, especially yeah. when you've got people who've played professional rugby under different protocols for the best part of a decade. Yeah, this and is And coaches not... who don't want to give offloads away are just flatly refusing yeah. to actually create a tackle technique that might increase the offloads. Yeah, we're in a game, we've reached a point with rugby where rugby is so averse to, you know, tries being scored 
that under no circumstances do they want to countenance anything that might compromise the unbelievably good effectiveness of most rugby you know rugby team yeah. defences. Because I think what they should be doing is well, you can't tackle like that anymore. So there's going to be offloads. So what's I think it'd be genuinely interesting to see what defence coaches would go say. Well, actually, so what systems do I need to employ to defend offloads now? Because they're going to be mm. coming. So do you put less people in? Do you let one-on-one tackles happen? Low one-on-one tackles happen? Keep your alignment? Do you have to keep more people out of the ruck because you've got to, on the next Almost phase, certainly. you'll need to defend more offloads and stuff? I think it could create a genuinely interesting period in rugby instead. I think it, it, could, just create much more, it could create much more space for starters because, as you say, they will have to keep people around the tackle area if offloads are going to be... And so you can't have teams sort of just doing the what The weakest they... point on the pitch is behind the tackle. And if you can offload it, mm. you're in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of... yeah, so it's... Um, it's So I think they think, you know, well, behaviour hasn't changed after, what, 18 months, two yeah. years? doesn't help the fact they keep fucking flip-flopping on what they're giving cards yeah. for. And but it has changed it change to an after... extent. It has. Yeah. What I mean is you're not going to get a complete behaviour change no. or, or culture change after 18 months or two years. It takes organisations the best part of a decade to change culture, never mind an entire fucking sport. So everyone just needs to fucking grow up and accept the fact there's going to be some red cards and, and actually go after the people you should be going after, coaches who are not changing how they, t- how they coach defence. Yeah, it's very easy if rugby wanted to deal with it, but it doesn't want to deal with it. And so instead it's, you know, it's, it's, they just want to appear that they're dealing with it. Because it's like football. If football could deal with dissent immediately, there's a red card as soon as you do it, but mm. nobody wants to do it, do they? No. So what rugby should I do is they're doing the red card thing, but the coaches obviously don't want to address. There's going to be, a, I think it's like with anything. I think it's going to be a tipping point where enough people start doing it. You've got to change how you defend then. And that's what a culture change does, and it doesn't happen in 12 months. Especially as I come back to, you've had people playing the same way for a decade. Yeah, or more. Yeah. And coaching for longer than that, certainly. Well, indeed, yeah. Because that's the other thing. You go back to rugby, as much as rugby was, you know, there were were cheap shots back then, but you watch rugby from 25-plus years ago, these kind of tackles didn't exist. Yeah. It was actually lower it was the was yeah, it was scrappier. It was it wasn't and I'm not saying we should go back there, but what I'm saying is it wasn't it's not like they're asking you to do something that nobody's ever done before. No. They're asking you to go back to an era before rugby league tackling sort of hmm. became the norm in rugby union. Yeah, three in and wrapping the ball up, yeah. But, you know, we're not gonna No. You know, rugby seems more determined to go back the other way, to be honest. Which all because they don't terrifying. want some players getting banned for a couple of games. Yeah, you're talking about want... you know a handful of individuals missing a couple of games, versus unless we forget, this is a protocol they're trying to they're trying to roll out to the entire pyramid of rugby. Yeah, the, the focus is always on elite players, but actually yeah. they're looking for a whole game effect and whether people still want to come into the game. And that's I've got some sympathy th- for it as well. Yeah, I've got sympathy for it hugely, but it's like you either stick to your guns. Or you, you just admit that you're, you know, in a similar way that sort of some other sports just gone. Oh, we don't care, and welcome to fucking lawsuits, boys. See Euro twenty twenty though, that French lad who was knocked out for twenty Jesus seconds. Jesus Christ, that was. And they took him off and brought him back on yeah. again. 
Unbelievable. Anyway, yeah. sorry, I anyway, went off on a yeah. total fucking rant there. So mm. anyway, all the shits here. Jack Hurst gets in touch. He said, shit, he's busting my ankles not being able to do much over the Oof. weekend. He said, but good was me thinking that meant I could watch the rugby all day Saturday, but shit was my selfish sister having a birthday on Saturday. Oh, what a prick. Same time every year as well, the selfish Oof. cow. You want to tell her? Dave Pritchard says, shit, is Manu Tuilangi looking like a bloke who's been out of the game for too long and generally taking his over-enthusiasm out on the nearest player to him? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's got, I said it earlier, but he's played three competitive games in the last year. Steve Hodgson gets in touch and says, shit, all the lone players that were fringe players for Saracens before they went down are now coming back with a full year's experience in the Premiership, ready to just lend all that to Saracens now. Oh, you know, yeah, you're right. Yeah, look out Bristol next year. Look out everyone next year. Craig Manson gets in touch. He says, shit, Bristol topping like the proverbial domino challenge. Now that is a fucking pull from the past. Hell yeah, it is. Domino Domino rally. Do you remember? That was the one. Oh, I loved it. I I had that a couple of Christmases. Yeah. Good is Tom Stoltzman becoming the first ever Scot to become world's strongest man. I never know when it's on anymore, world's strongest man. No. It was always a bank holiday thing. Once it went to Channel 5, I lost any kind of conception of when and where it was on. Hunter Shewell gets in touch. He says, shit is being a Bristol supporter. Yeah. He said, for me, as an Atlanta Falcons-Bristol Bears combo, this isn't for the faint of heart. (laughs) You know more NFL than me. The Falcons are big, like, nearly team, I think. I mean, they were, uh, what was it, 28-3 up against the Patriots in the Super Bowl a few years ago and lost it. (laughs) So, you know, it's... (laughs) It's catching... J Mask OC gets in touch. He says, shit is Munster getting denied a chance at silverware in the most Munster way possible, i.e. by default. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's how Benetton got into the fans. He yeah. said, however good is Benetton getting the bloody win and making it proper Indeed. thrashing. As a Munster fan, I am truly happy about that. Yes. Yeah, I'm glad that they didn't just get to the final and... By default of, and get hammered. And get hammered, which is kind of how it could have gone. So fair play. Reese not says, shit, I don't care if this makes me the Graham Sooness of rugby, but 89 <laughs> missed tackles in 100 minutes of rugby is fucking terrible, he says. Yes, thank you. Yes, indeed. Graham Sooness's teeth, by the way. Seeing those bad Jesus boys. Woof. Blinding. Fucking nuclear. Don't turn the fucking blue light on those bad boys. Can you imagine? <laughs> uh, right, have we got some good? Uh, yes. Uh, I'll tell you who's good. I was watching the Wales under twenties on Saturday night to beat Italy in a bit of quagmire. Of a I game. know where this is going. Go on. Harry fucking Deves, twenty-year-old uh, open side from Pontaclean, who, in the words words of one ex-Wales international, he's like a Tasmanian devil. You wind him up, you put him out there, and he just takes care of everything <laughs> in front of him. And not only did he do that, and fuck it, was everywhere, and just cut down everything, turnovers everywhere, brilliant. Um, but a quick browse of his Twitter feed shows that uh, the only thing that Harry loves more than winning turnovers is hating Tories. So basically, <laughs> he's my favourite player now. And he's an Osprey, isn't he? Yeah, Osprey's academy lad. He looks a bit slight for professional rugby, I'm not going to lie. He's all your dreams made flesh. <laughs> he's basically all my dreams made flesh. He, he hates Jacob Rees-Mogg and loves winning turnovers. <laughs> 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 the ultimate turnover will, of course, be the uh, turnover of capitalism. But, you know, he's still he's only 20. Let's give him a couple let's of years. Say, 
Let's <laughs> save some, yeah, small goals, increments, marginal exactly. gains. Um, what I've got a good is, is my son's got the grace to get to university today. Bit of a oh, personal good play. news. Christ. To do the course he wanted at the uni that he wanted after a weird old few years. I was going to say, it's not exactly being the easiest situation to... Uh... Well, he'll get, he doesn't get his results ratified to the 10th of August officially, but they actually they publish them now before they go to the exam board. So well, I don't something. think it's going to change. But yes, he's very pleased. So I'm very ah, pleased. Very proud day excellent. in the Calvert household. Uh, what else have I got that's good here? Gary Ock gets in touch. He says, good is Garbisi. Brilliant he was performance. very good. And a hugely endearing post-match interview. Did you see his reaction when he got made man of the match? Yes. Oh, I mean, you couldn't not love him at that moment. Yes, because he's usually just having to deal with the fact that everyone keeps saying how he's fundamentally flawed. <laughs> exactly. And then he gets man of the match. But, like, something about God, he's very ruddy-cheeked. Yeah. He's young f- Paolo, isn't he? And you forget he's still basically a child. He is a, a little baby boy. But, like, yeah, he was just... Uh, I was made up for him. Miles Burley gets in touch. He says, good. He said, I might be a bit late for this. Well, you're not. You've, you've got it in, Miles. He said, it's Trevor Davison. Just a few seasons ago, he was playing for Bladen's third team in his Ooh. mid-twenties while working as a beer delivery driver. Amazing. And now he's getting called up to it for England after a great season with Newcastle, all the while being called Trevor yeah. Miles points out. Not enough Who was the last Trevor who played for England? I don't know. There's obviously Trevor Brennan who played for Ireland. Yeah, exactly. But when was the last Trevor that played for England? Has there, has there ever been a Trevor played for England? There must have been. But I, Surely. Uh, let us know, someone. Indeed. Andy Bradshaw gets in touch. He says, good is the first game of touch rugby I played on Wednesday. Nice. He said, but all but shit was breathing out of my arse just after the warm-up and then getting my forehead sunburned. <laughs> Exercise is shit, says Andy. Quite right. Preach. He says, good though, is there's a Lions game on Saturday. There is. What a weird situation. Well, yeah, because just following up on that, Mary Williams, lovely patron, says, I'm not sure if it's shit or good, but the Lions campaign kicks off this weekend and it feels like there was more hype around the selection than the actual kickoff of the tour. It does feel that way. Which it's feels kind of respectful to disrespectful to Japan, says Mary. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. But Japan did lose to a club that doesn't exist (laughs) 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 a week ago. Um, I'll tell you what's good. Uh, We spoke about the All Black squad earlier. Mm. We didn't mention that uh, everyone's favourite Scottish Kiwi, Finley Christie, has been called up to the All Blacks. Which is good, mainly because it's going to finally stop Scottish people talking about how Finley Christie's going to play for Scotland <laughs> one day. The All Blacks have ruined it for you. Ruined Enjoy, it lads. By claiming their own player. <laughs> Catherine Cavanagh uh, gets in touch. She says, good is Ireland's men's sevens team winning in yes. Monaco and qualifying for the Olympics. Six years ago, we reinstated our sevens programme and those lads have grafted since then and it's a real sports romance. And they're hot, she says. Win-win. Yeah. They've got, what's his face, Greg O'Shea from Love Island in the squad on the weekend. I've got no idea who that is. Well, you just told me, Greg O'Shea from Love Island. I do remember there being noise about a professional rugby player turning up. Mm. Is that who he He's was, a very handsome, it? very handsome man. Well, as you'd expect. And chiselled, as you can Indeed, imagine. Indeed, obviously, extremely. Dad bods are things now, though. Really? My daughter no, was well. telling me. I mean, Apparently, it's a thing now. People are wicked. into it. Brilliant. 
Prop forever. Prop life forever. <laughs> Indeed. Dave McGee gets in touch and says, good is Benetton. Good is Benetton's 10. Yes, the aforementioned mm-hmm. Paolo. Good Benetton's kit. What's your view on that, Josh, as, as the it's nice resident kit. expert? It's been, it's been better, but it is fundamentally green and white stripes is lovely. And Dave McGee that finishes with good, with a question mark, the rainbow cup? <laughs> No, it's no, not. No, but it will live on. long in the memory. Indeed. So I suppose it is good in some ways. It was a fun diversion. Elliot F gets in touch. He says, "Good is Ben Earl playing in the centres, cementing his place in Eddie Jones's England squad for the rest <laughs> of his did, tenure." I did enjoy that ultimate hybrid player arrival time. If only Justin Tipperick had been playing for, <laughs> they would have won that game. And finally, G's What Now says, uh, "Good Sir Charles Piertow's break from his own twenty-two to set up Bristol's first on Saturday. I mean, it's it's going to get lost in everything in else the that madness, happened. Yes. But fuck me, Charles Pierce, how was good in that first half. He is an extraordinary rugby player. And that'll do us, won't it? I think so. Fucking ages we've been on here for. I know. Obscene. Right, and we're back later in the week to talk I Lions. We're not going to take... Well, we'll find out, but the team's going to be a fucking joke, I think, for Saturday. But we'll soon find out. I mean, all the sort of players that he's inevitably going to pick for the test team have only, have, you know, the yeah. six Saracens boys you'll literally a, turned up on a private plane today. You'll so. get a nice run, a nice pre-look what the midweek side's going to look like this weekend, <laughs> I think. Plus Dan Bigger, yeah. Plus Dan Bigger, yeah. Thank you, Josh. What a pleasure as ever. Thank you, everyone. We'll speak to you all soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.